BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Our thanks to Frank Siller coming and being with us on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. We are scheduled to talk about the Fifth Circuit decision that dropped on Friday evening uh, dealing with the First Amendment and the Biden administration's censorship of many different individuals there through their uh, relationship with big tech companies. I think this could end up being the most consequential First Amendment case of the 21st century. Maybe, maybe the most consequential First Amendment case since New York Times v. Sullivan. I mean, that is a possibility depending on what the Supreme Court decides to do. Uh, but you'll remember Judge Dowdy with the July 4th opinion that he held for that date, the district court judge, uh, from the state of Louisiana. That opinion was upheld in most parts, and we'll discuss that with the Attorney General of Missouri, Bailey. Uh, I believe we are scheduled to be joined by him in about a half hour. But, Buck, I wanted to bring up this with you, and we teased it off the top of the show today. Uh, this was a front-page New York Times Sunday story. And for those of you out there who uh, don't pay a lot of attention to newspapers, I love looking at what the focus focal points are for things like front page Sunday newspapers, which are these stories that the New York Times plans for weeks and thinks this is a really important story. And here's the headline, Buck. President Biden keeps Hunter close despite the political peril. Subheading, the possibility of a federal indictment of Hunter Biden stunned the president Yet the bond between him and his only surviving son is ironclad. And uh, this was the opening that I thought was interesting. It says, and this is the New York Times reporting, and there are, this is uh, Katie Rogers reporting from Malibu and Washington. Of course, Hunter Biden lives in Malibu. Uh, it said, when the agreement collapsed in late July, meaning the plea agreement, Mr. Biden 
whose upbeat public image often belies a more mercurial temperament, was stunned. He plunged into sadness and frustration, according to several people close to him, who spoke on the condition of anonymity to preserve their relationships with the Biden family. Since then, his tone in conversations about Hunter has been tinged with a resignation that was not there before his confidants say. This is the opening of the article. And then later, this is a long story. I mean, thousands of words, Buck. Thousands of words in, we get a really interesting pivot uh, where for years they have been saying that there is absolutely nothing that Joe Biden has done that is inappropriate. And in fact, they've been saying, as you well know, Buck, because we've been hammering this, they've been saying there's no evidence at all. And and we have on this show constantly said to our audience, well, you may not think it's a criminal nature, but it is certainly evidence. And I want to hit you with a couple. One, the New York Times in their article on Sunday changed their storyline now to no hard evidence has emerged that Mr. Biden personally profited or profited from the business deals or used his office to benefit his son's partners while he was vice president. Then there's a new phrase there, Buck. And I bet a lot of people missed it. No hard evidence. What does that even mean to you as you read this and you, and, and you're kind of like, well, there used to be no evidence. Now they're saying there's no hard evidence. I think hard evidence would have to be eyewitness evidence or, um, I guess it would be adjudicated physical evidence like printouts of the banking records that have already gone to court. And I mean, it's it's an impossible standard to meet. Is, is and, the well, point, it's a made right? up what, term too. Because to me, hard evidence is yeah. like what is soft evidence. Like I mean, that, Clay, if you if, if, if you're defending somebody in court and you were like, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, it's very simple. There's no hard evidence here. There's only eyewitness testimony, a lot of circumstantial evidence, some DNA evidence. Of, you know, your client's going to prison. Right? It's the absence yes. of hard evidence here. Um, no, I, I think that uh, it's very clear. They've had to adjust the storyline. I, I also think this was always going to be the fallback because it's always been Biden's fallback. When Biden gets too much heat, what does he do? Plays a sympathy card. Um, and he is a man who has suffered personal tragedy. That is true. That is real. But he has also leveraged that very explicitly for political gain, especially as he has been vulnerable at different points in his political career. And, and I still believe, um, for example, Clay, this notion that Biden's so frustrated or saddened by this, Hunter Biden is not going to prison, everybody. Okay. It's not happening. It's not happening. Joe Biden has, I mean, how upset can he really be? He has the ability to clear effectively. He has a get out of jail free card. He has a true get out of jail free card. And even if he, even, uh, there's the possibility he won't have to use that get out of jail free card because the system will still protect Hunter. I, I still believe that they're going to, run some kind of interference for him at the end of this month. We'll see. We're on a pretty tight timeline here because I believe at the end of the month, the statute runs out on the gun charge. So if the statute runs out on the gun charge, they may be able to say, and they haven't brought an indictment, they may be able to say, oh, sorry, you know. I mean, look what they did with the other statutes they ran out. They Crazy. just said, yeah, nothing. They just made it go away. Um, so they're they're using as a, as a tool here the statute of limitations uh, in these respects. I, I think going forward, you're likely to see the Biden camp say, 
You know, he loves his son. His son made mistakes. The legal process is playing out. And he hasn't been indicted four times like Donald Trump, the biggest monster in all of human history. I mean, I just think that becomes their their go-to. And, and I also think that we have to remember these things go in waves. Um, the amount of focus on one thing Democrats do very well and, and understand very well is if you can delay the recognition of something, you can take the political impact out of it. Uh, this is one of the reasons why for the mass shooter in Tennessee, the trans, the trans manifesto. If we yeah. ever see it, by the time we see it, people are going to say, a lot of them, wait, what happened there? What were the facts of that case? And what was the situation? Which yeah. is the point. They've done this with so many things. Oh, we don't know. We don't know. It requires more study. It requires more thought. And then when no one's paying attention anymore, it's, oh, yeah, it turns out. I mean, this has been the case with so much of the Russia collusion stuff, right? They just held it as long as they could. I think, Clay, in this case, they're also doing um, that kind of perception management, but they do it by getting ahead of it now. Okay, fine, Hunter, you know, he did some bad stuff, but there's no hard evidence linking Joe Biden, and it's his son, and it... And the idea here being, by next summer, what are they going to say? He's already dealt with all this. It's old news. We've already heard about this. Oh, the Republicans dredging up the past, right? So that's why I don't take this as they're facing accountability right now. I think they're trying to get get it out of the way. And they hope people don't remember, assuming Biden is still the nominee, which I still assume will be the case, which I believe will be the case. I also think this is important, too, that they're moving the ball. Because it's important moving the goalposts, whatever you want to say. For years, they have told everyone there's no evidence. No evidence at all. And now they're putting modifiers in front of it. What is hard evidence? Well, it's a very amorphous term. They don't even define it in the New York Times article. They just say there's no hard evidence. So does that mean there's soft evidence? Like, it's it's a term of art. It's not a legal term. It's very messy for the Times to put something like that in an article. But they're now having to put an adjective, a modifier, in front of evidence because there is tons of evidence that Joe Biden was involved in Hunter well, Biden's well, business dealings. Well, this is also like when, I mean, if you go back to what they did at Kavanaugh, which was one of the great public injustices in our in our lifetime, just the effort to destroy Kavanaugh. Um, they kept saying credible allegations, credible yep. allegations. There was absolutely nothing that was credible about any of those allegations other than there were people making allegations. In fact, yeah. many of the allegations were so incredible in the sense of not able to be believed that they didn't even bring them forward because nobody was going, nobody was going to believe them. They picked the best ones they had and they ran a smear campaign, right? But remember that, Clay? It was yeah, always yeah. credible allegations against Kavanaugh. No, you stop to think, what the heck makes them credible? There's, there's yeah. they don't even remember what year it happened. If you don't remember what year something happened to you, I'm sorry. I don't think that means that it's a credible allegation. Um, and and but it is interesting the way they use phrases. So no evidence has become no hard evidence. And now this uh, Goldman, I think, is his name, the congressman from New York, who has become one of the foremost defenders of the Biden family, says there's no direct evidence. OK, now we've moved from there's no evidence at all to there's no hard evidence. There's no direct evidence. So what? There's indirect evidence. These are not real terms. They're making them up in an effort to tr still try and shield Joe Biden. Listen to this. There's no direct evidence, everybody, even though there's tons of direct evidence. Listen. This is cut 14. 
There is no evidence, none whatsoever, and I don't care how much they say otherwise. I have looked at it. There is no direct evidence that President Biden was involved in any way, shape, or form in Hunter Biden's business dealings. That's actually There's not tons. true. There's yeah. T- yeah, I was going to say, that's not even accurate. He's not even being artful with his word choice here. That's just a lie. <laughs> he's just yeah. lying. We know what that is. Well, but the fact that he's not saying no evidence now, he's saying no direct evidence. Right. They used to all say there's no evidence at all. And they'd wave their arms. Now it's no hard evidence, no direct evidence. They're still trying to shield him. And but, they're but using direct, these but terms of art. I wouldn't even I won't even accept that. E- even with the obfuscations that we're seeing, when when you if if I bring somebody into a phone call. Right. If, yes. if, if Clay and I are going to launch the You're next you know, great involved. energy drink yeah. company and I bring somebody on and. That person is a part of the conversation and meant to convey some sense of additional gravitas. That's direct evidence that yes. they're involved Correct. in the business venture. Yes, that is direct. Not only evidence. that, as direct evidence, also when Hunter Biden has a text message and says, my father is sitting next to me and there basically will be hell to pay if you don't involve me, involve, you know, pay now. That's direct evidence. Like, your dad is sitting next to you. Phone calls are direct evidence. In-person meetings are direct evidence. Emails are direct evidence. There's tons. It's just funny to me that they initially said there was no evidence, and then I think we slammed how ridiculous that was, and they said, okay, we have to put some form of modifier in it to still try and give us some form of cover to be able to make this argument. And I still feel like the Bidens... I mean, how stupid, lazy, and greedy do you have to be? You know, you're a vice president. Someone, you're going to have a ghost-written memoir that you're going to yep. get, you know, a four million or an eight million dollar advance for, or whatever, just because that's how you know the system takes care of itself with this stuff. You're giving speeches at two hundred thousand dollars a pop. You're going to be on the boards of companies, but Hunter just had to just, you know, he didn't want a hundred fifty thousand dollar speech for pops, and then he'll do his little stuff on the side. It was. I want $20 million from China. Well, if you want $20 million from China, you're going to have to give them more than a crappy memoir as the vice president, right? So I'm just saying they, it was all so easy for the Bidens to enrich themselves by legal means is as, you know, and look, every, both sides do this. Everyone's like, you know, you write books. I write books. We're not politicians, but you know, everyone's trying to produce their own content. But the way that Hunter did it, it just, it, to me, it's just stupid, lazy, and greedy, the whole thing. Yeah. And it was, he did all this while Biden was still vice president. Like it may not be like clean. Re- reckless. So, you need to add yeah. reckless. I need to add reckless into the conversation. It, yeah. it may not be clean when you're a former president. And to your point, you get paid $200,000. You get paid millions of dollars for a book. Like you're clearly being paid for the work that you did. But most people have the decency to at least wait till they leave office to actually turn on the money spigots. They weren't even willing to do that. And again, this is why I come back to Buck. I think this is because Biden thought his political career was over. I think that's the, that's the thing that connects all this. Why were they so reckless? He thought he was done. He was retiring. He was like, now's the time to cash in. I actually would go so far as to say I think that Biden ran in 2020 to keep the machinery that I just talked about, the books and the speeches, and, you know, to keep to stay in the game. Biden in politics is a for-profit enterprise. Is ever he, he really, you know, his whole life he's been a public servant, so he's been, you know, paid by the by the the taxpayer. But as soon as it came time to cash in, 
it was got to stay, got to stay in the game, got to stay relevant in some way. So I don't, I don't believe that he even ran in 2020 himself thinking he would be the nominee. I don't Joe think Biden Joe Biden shouldn't actually exist. That. Joe Biden shouldn't exist, Buck. Like if you want to point, you should never be a professional politician for 50 years, right? In an ideal world, certainly our founding fathers would have never wanted somebody to be on the, the, the dole for the government for their entire job. Like what skill set does Joe Biden have that doesn't involve being in the government? Nothing. Yeah. Are you on a fixed income? If so, look at an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. Phoenix Capital Group offers high-yield corporate bonds with returns of 9 to 13% annual interest that pays out monthly. With 2,000-plus satisfied investors paid on time every time, Phoenix Capital Group is giving investors a new high-yield option investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 13% annual interest. Download the free investment guide today at phxonair. That's phxonair.com. Now, I'm a Phoenix investor myself, but investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. 
The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Joe Biden was in Vietnam over the weekend. He gave a speech and he had another Biden moment, although I think these are all stringing together now. There's so many of them that it's even tough for people to think of them as separate incidents, but here he is. This is the guy with the nuclear codes, everybody. 80-plus years old, play one. He's on leaders' minds, and they respond to what's needed at the time. And look, nobody likes having celebrated international meetings if you don't know what you want at the meeting, if you don't have a game plan. He may have a game plan. He just hasn't shared it with me. But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. I I mean, I I guess we're just supposed to not, we the American people are supposed to not care that this is the guy. This is supposedly the guy running the government. It's amazing, Clay. It's, I just, as bad as he is right now, Buck, a year from now, when we're talking about being two months out from the election, I don't see any way possible that this guy can be on the road. I just, I I don't. And he's going to be in Wisconsin and Michigan and not getting much sleep and being on airplanes and, and everything. I'm surprised they sent him to Vietnam, honestly. And I can't believe they let him get out there and try to talk. I, I just, it, it gets worse and worse. And did you see the way they cut him off from that, uh, oh, yeah. that event? They just basically said, okay, we're done. I've never seen that happen to an American president before. It just belittles him. I mean, and Biden himself has spoken about this evidently in this new book. He says that he gets babied by the staff all the time, but I get it. I mean, he's being in, infantilized, <laughs> infantilized, yes. infantilized. That's a tough word. Infantilized when they're playing music and not letting him finish his thoughts as the president of the United States. And what does that send that message to the rest of of the world? We can't even let him talk. Keep your ears open for a forthcoming announcement from our federal government on a coming change to our currency system. That's according to former Wall Street insider Tika Tawari. He's now a digital currency expert and writer and has been following these hints from our government. He predicts a future when our currency, that's right, dollar bills that we've got, are going to be transferred to a digital dollar instead of the currency we now use. He's exposing this government plan online with a video. Tika tells you how and why this is happening, as well as providing you with the three steps you need to take to prepare. See it online at dollarrecall.com to watch this video. That's dollarrecall.com. Among the other things you'll learn from this is how to opt out of this forthcoming change. The website is dollarrecall.com. That's dollarrecall.com. Paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are joined now by Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. And uh, appreciate the work that you are doing. This story, I feel like, unfortunately, has slid a little bit under the radar because the Fifth Circuit decision came out on Friday evening, right as everybody rolled into the weekend. And 
even the initial district court decision came out on July 4th. So, uh, uh, A.G. Bailey, for our audience out there, what has the Fifth Circuit determined that the Biden administration has been doing to restrict the marketplace of ideas, the First Amendment discussion surrounding COVID? For people who have not seen this story at all, give us a rundown of where we are from a legal perspective. Yeah, absolutely. This is a huge win in protecting our First Amendment right to free speech. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals on Friday issued a 74-page opinion affirming the district court order preventing the Biden administration and federal officials from silencing American voices on big tech social media platforms. And specifically, the court said that Joe Biden used the power of the presidency to threaten social media into censoring truthful speech in an orchestrated campaign of a magnitude never seen before in our country. To put that in historical context, go back to 1798 when uh, just our second president, John Adams, and the Federalists instituted the, the Sedition, Alien and Sedition Act that was designed to imprison anyone who questioned the federal government's foreign policy. That was bad, but the court has identified that what we've uncovered in this lawsuit is much worse. These are the worst First Amendment violations in this nation's history, and we're going to keep fighting. We're not going to let Joe Biden destroy free speech in America. A.G. Bailey, thanks for being with us. It's Buck, what do you see here as the consequences for this, or or what would stop more of this from happening i mean so the court has ruled against what biden did but it feels like i mean is it it's yeah what they did is bad we all should know that but is it just a strongly worded letter telling them not to do it again no look there's a preliminary injunction that's going to go into effect and then we're going to get some merits discovery and we're going to seek a permanent injunction you know the court has identified that the past chilling effect of government censorship has caused individuals to self-censor. Thus, the harm is ongoing. And it's not just the speakers who are deplatformed, de-emphasized, shadow banned, removed from big tech. It's the listeners as well, all the, the people who deserve to or had the, uh, the constitutional right to receive information. And this is important information. This is, you know, COVID, the COVID tyranny was the, uh, the, the Trojan horse that got the enemy behind the gate. And so this was important health information that individuals needed so that they could make individual health care decisions. And they were deprived of that due to the federal government censorship campaign. But I would also point out that, you know, as we move into an election cycle next year, it is important more now, now more than ever to build a wall of separation between tech and state, that this monopoly, this oligarchic monopoly, has been empowered uh, by Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which has made it an easy target for federal demands of censorship. And so that's why that preliminary injunction was the first brick in that wall that was laid on July 4th in celebration of our nation's independence. And we're going to keep adding to that wall. Uh, You know, we will be able to use the power of contempt of the court order to enforce the provisions of the court order. I think it's time that Congress consider appointing an inspector general who could uh, monitor compliance with the court order. And at the end of the day, why is no one calling for Joe Biden's impeachment? He has dedicated himself to continual violations of our constitutional right to free speech. If that's not an impeachable offense, I don't know what is. Amen. And we're talking to Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. And, and, And so I think this is really important what you just hit on. Not only has Biden potentially and his administration been now found likely to have violated the First Amendment in a way that almost no one living today would have ever experienced in terms of your federal government's uh, aggressive action to try to limit what citizens could say. Also, the media is almost not covering this 
And if you think about the idea of, oh, threats to our sacred democracy and all the fainting couches that have gone on for January 6th, what the Biden administration did here is actually the biggest direct threat to our democracy that I can remember because the marketplace of ideas is the very foundation of our democracy because if we can't debate issues then we don't have a free republic anymore. We don't have actual freedom of speech. Shouldn't uh, all of these media outlets be terrified if they were being honest and standing on principle to be covering this? Yeah, absolutely. It's shameful that they've ignored this or sided with the other with the, the left and said, oh, look, there was no coercion. Well, that's not what the evidence showed, because the court found that there were express threats and implicit threats. There was an unspoken or else that if the the. Uh, you know, if the, if the big tech social media didn't acquiesce to the demands of the White House and the FBI and the Department of Justice, they would be punished. In fact, the court found that the White House had active plans to punish uh, big tech social media. You know, at, at the end of the day, we can demonstrate we have put on in court and the Fifth Circuit affirmed that the uh, big tech social media platforms changed their algorithms to satisfy the federal officials demands. And, the, the, you know, it was a Biden post about a vaccine uh, hesitancy that re- was removed. Uh, that, caught, that triggered so much of this, the White House Communications uh, Digital Director, Rob Flaherty, then demanded Meta change its censorship policies. And so this is in the direct de- response and demand to the coercion from the federal government. And it's viewpoint discrimination, to your point. Look, this isn't about truth. It's about power. It's not like Biden actually sat around saying, okay, this is good, that's bad. He's not calling fair balls and strikes here. First of all, the government has no role in doing that. So that's, that's a red herring to begin with. But even if you believe that, that's not what happened here. It was viewpoint discrimination. In court on May 26th, when the judge looked at the Department of Justice, Biden's attorneys, and said, give me one example of speech you censored that wasn't conservative. The only example they had was RFK. So another political opponent of Joe Biden, they're silencing opposition. That is, uh, you know, again, that's a weaponization of the Department of Justice to undermine uh, our freedom in a betrayal of our values. Attorney General Bailey, is is there any part of this that will either turn into someone, in this case it would be the federal government, writing checks or someone going to jail for defying the, the injunction? I'm, I'm just wondering again, like, what's to stop them from doing? Yes, a judge has said don't do this. Yes, you're going to hopefully get a unit, as you said, a, a permanent injunction. But are they paying a price for this? Is there any way they could yeah. pay a price for this? Absolutely. I mean, this was a preliminary injunction based on preliminary evidence that we obtained through discovery process, 20,000 pages of documents, numerous depositions to include, quote unquote, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, you know, who, uh, again, I I, I think we can demonstrate that he was not truthful with us in deposition and certainly was involved in this vast censorship enterprise. And again, I'm not concerned about uh, COVID tyranny uh, that, you know, let me take that back. I'm concerned about COVID tyranny, but this goes much further. And COVID was just the Trojan horse that got the enemy behind the gate. So we've got to stay vigilant and stay on top of it. And I think through merits discovery, as we get into additional discovery, we can monitor compliance with the court order. And we'll take people to court. We will hold them, uh, ask the court to hold them in contempt if they're violating this court order. But long term, I think you're absolutely right. We've got to build that wall of separation between tech and state, either through legislation or through court orders. And Congress needs to look at appointing an inspector general to monitor compliance. Uh, last question quickly for you. Do you expect this to go to the Supreme Court? What's the timeline under which that might occur? Yeah, 10 days from Friday uh, is when the uh, court order 
will go into effect. And so that's how long the Department of Justice has to appeal the decision to the United States Supreme Court. But long term, that's exactly where this is going. A hundred years from now, there are law students in, in constitutional law that will crack open a con law book and will see Missouri v. Biden as the leading case on First Amendment rights, a turning point in this nation's history where we restored the value in the right to free, fair, and open debate in, in the open marketplace of ideas, uh, absent government censorship. And so that's why this is so important, why we're going to keep fighting to defend our right to free speech. Big win. Thank you for coming on and explaining it to all of our audience. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All the best to you and your listeners. No doubt. College football's back, as many of you out there know. Most college students back on campus, too. For many, first time they've been in charge of their own personal finances. Guess what? Makes them an easy target for cyber scammers. Online identity thieves may take advantage of students' newfound freedom to try and access personal info. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. If you've got a son or daughter on campus, important you inspire them to protect their own online identity. Best way for you to do that is with LifeLock. Their online identity theft protection, second to none. LifeLock's online systems monitor transactions and new account openings by the billions per week. Looking for evidence of wrongdoing. If they spot something, they're in touch with you immediately. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialists will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year with my name, Clay, as your promo code. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com. Use promo code Clay for 25% off. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation and three historically gold increases in value over time you keep yourself informed about global events you see the increase in conflicts around the globe countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold why aren't you it's time to pull the trigger with the oxford gold group and buy gold and silver nobody can predict the future but we can't put our head in the sand either the people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. We are closing up shop here today on Clay and Buck. Man, the time has flown by. Um, please check out the podcast of the show, Clay and Buck Show. Download the iHeartRadio app, and it's free. It's a great app. Uh, and then you can listen to the podcast on demand whenever you like. Um, we also put extra content in there. Uh, I'll do a, a little monologue, Clay. I got to get into this. I'll do it in the podcast. We don't have time now. But the head of the Chicago Teachers Union is uh, very opposed to school choice, except for her child who goes to a private Catholic institution in Chicago. Which this I, I love how these often stories. That happens, isn't it? It's amazing, isn't it? You know, this is it's one of the one of the rare times when the left will they just know it's totally indefensible. There is no defense, and so they just have to take the heat on some of this stuff. You'll see Democrats. This happens in city after city. Um, I believe actually even early on, there was some pushback on Obama when he was president his first term because of something, a position he took on charter, uh, charter schools in DC. And of course his children went to Sidwell friends, which is like a 35 or now probably $50,000 a year school in the DC area. So you see this with Democrats a lot. It's always like public school is amazing. You must all be stuck in public school everywhere across the country, no matter what, except for my kids who are going to go to a fancy private school. So that's why I'll get into me, that in the podcast is my point. Go ahead. That's why to me, the number one test on all issues is, are you doing it with your own kids? I've got three kids. I'm going to try. I'm not going to claim that I'm perfect, but every parent, grandparent out there knows what I'm talking about. You try to put your kids in the best possible scenario for success. Very, very few of the elite, super wealthy Democrat politicians have their kids in public school. Very, very few. And if you won't do it for your own kids, why would you insist that everybody else do it? They don't have a good answer for that. To your point, that that hypocrisy, I think, cuts through a lot of the BS. And a lot of parents out there say, yeah, why are you trying to put in place a different rule that you yourself aren't willing to follow? Yep. Um, so I think that's one where we are seeing we'll, we'll, we'll continue to follow that one. Um, we also have, I, I think we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more tomorrow. This is sort of the, uh, odds and ends we don't have time for today. But as of right now, at least I was, I was actually a little surprised about this, Clay. Um, it looks like the effort, uh, for Mark Meadows to move his trial to yeah. federal court in, in, in Atlanta, judge said no. Yeah. Not moving it to federal court. And there was a lot of confidence from a lot of folks, not just you, that that was easily going to get moved. It may still get moved. I don't know. But first first attempt to get it moved by Meadows, the judge, and it, this is my concern all along, is that they've the system is not going to operate the way the system is supposed to operate, right? That it's going to be 
Um, and they're like, no, no, you're, you're staying here in this courthouse. Yeah. And if Meadows is getting shut down, then you would think that Trump would get shut down too. Now, a big part of making that request is developing the appealable record. So you're going to file. This is why I think so many of these cases are going to take a long time. You're going to file as many motions as you possibly can and appeal whichever motions you can. Really, the early days of this Trump process, you almost need to be a criminal civil procedure expert to know what you can argue, what can be appealed, what the timeline is, how long you wait to make those appeals. I think Trump has to request, if I'm not mistaken, Buck, a removal from the state court to the federal court by the end of September. My bet would be the last day that he can file that request, he will, because the goal is to prolong these things as long as you possibly can. Uh, One thing that um, we're seeing, the same way that I think people have had to come to the recognition that when you have a prosecutor who is acting in highly politicized fashion, the there really isn't oversight on bad faith prosecution. Uh, not not really. Not until it gets into the actual judicial process and appeals courts, right? I mean, if someone decides to bring charges, they decide to bring charges. There's really yeah. not a, you know, there's, there's not someone else who gets to, I mean, the attorney general can come in and try to interfere, but that gets very, very sticky very quickly uh, if you're talking about a federal case. Um, you're also, I think, seeing this with judges now. And that's, that's another concern that we'll, we'll, we'll follow. We'll talk more about it this week. There'll be more on this. But what happens when you have judges who, like Clay, on, on a reasonable standard, there's no way you'd be able to normally get a trial done. I mean, a number of these trials based on the review, what we've talked about based on, but what if the judges are choosing to be unreasonable or rather yeah. they're being reasonable in their own estimation because they have the power to fast track the case? I, I think mean, here, here's what this judge said about, um, about the Meadows thing. It's Judge Stephen Jones. Um, this is to try to get Mark Meadows state, remember 19 defendants in Georgia, state case moved to a federal courthouse, but it would still be state charges, which is, this is like the federal preemption. You, we talked with Zandy. It's complicated. I think they're very specific. I think this ruling thing. is wrong, by the way. Yeah. I think it should be federal. Um, but he, he, he says the court finds that the color of the office of the White House Chief of Staff did not include working with or working for the Trump campaign except for simply coordinating the president's schedule. En- this is a quote. Engaging in political activities exceeds the outer limits of the office of White House Chief of Staff. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what? You, you read this and you go, oh, wow. They're good. They want to keep it in-house. Well, and also the other thing to factor in here most judges don't want to give up their authority. That's one of the challenges that you're running into here is ultimately these judges, I think a lot of them want these cases. I think oh, they yeah. want to be, you know, sort of to use the uh, the line from a few good men. They want to be the man on that wall. Yeah. They want to or, be or, the woman on that wall. Was there one person who said winners want the ball? Is that Mike Ditka or something? Or, you know, it sounds like a Jordan ball? quote, but yes, oh. I mean, I, I think they want the control of that case. They all think that they are uniquely su- suited to arbitrate cases of this magnitude. Meadows is going to appeal this, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. We'll see how that goes. 11th yeah. Circuit is a favorable court of appeals. One thing to kind of keep in mind here. Again, this is crazy that you would have to work through. Uh, but, um, but the way that the circuits are set up again, 
you can have a district court that has one sort of predisposition, then you can have a circuit court, and then you can have a Supreme Court. Same case, they can all come up with different rulings. I think a lot of people find that confusing, but that's the reality of where we are. Yeah, the system we have, it's uh, it's not perfect, everybody. That's putting it mildly. And with the Trump stuff, I think you're going to see it getting even uh, more imperfect going going on here. And, but, and here's something that will rattle you even more, Buck. Initially, a lot of these appeals are going to go to random small segments of the circuit court. So the so-called on banc hearing is uh, you're not going to get yeah. the full circuit opinion. You get a small circuit. So that can be a randomized sampling of a, of a court, larger court that isn't actually that representative of what the full court would do, which is why sometimes you require a full hearing on some of these hearings as well. Yeah, our judicial process. It's like playing the lottery, except instead of winning money, you figure out whether or not you're going to prison. Yeah, ain't a good spot to be in if you're a defendant. There's no doubt about that. Best country to be a defendant in, though, still in the the whole world. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tunnel to Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel the Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company. Pure Talk.